and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on? Uh, a little, little tired. Yeah, little, late night last night. Yeah, it was a little bit late, late or early. I don't know which one. Yep. Yeah, so we are recording uh, this Friday morning after uh, another Miami loss on Thursday night. Uh, Hurricanes now 2-3 and three on the season, 0-1 in ACC play, and have lost five straight against Power 5 opponents after um, one of the most devastating losses yet in a, uh, in a Manny Diaz era filled with them. Um, I don't know if it stacks up with FIU loss or Louisiana Tech loss from Manny's first year, but... Uh, Miami obviously um, played one of the worst first halves we've seen from them, um, especially considering the competition. Virginia had been 0-2 in ACC play. Uh, Miami manages 10 yards in the first quarter, uh, down 9-7 at half, and it was not nearly as close as the score indicated. Um, But then Tyler Van Dyke making his first real college start. Obviously, he started last week against an FCS opponent. Uh, but his first game against like an FBS school, um, he starts off really rocky, but then kind of gets going in the second half, uh, throws a really nice touchdown to Mike Harley, uh, has an <laughs> incredible touchdown run in the fourth quarter. Um, and then he and Cam Harris and Jalen Knighton uh, get the offense rolling on the final possession. Miami down two when they get the ball back uh, at the 10-yard line, I think, right? After I think it was a uh, – yeah, I want to say it was the 10. Um Gets Miami all the way down inside Virginia's 20-yard line. Um, end up settling for the field goal at the buzzer, a short field goal, 33 yards. And uh, Andres Borgalis, the 18-year-old freshman kicker, um, who had already missed one from inside 30 this year. Uh, it also made from outside 50. Um, so, you know, he's a freshman college kicker who's going to be probably really good here, but still a, a college kicker. Clanks it off the left upright. Miami loses, goes to two and three on the season. Um, I don't even know where to start. This was a uh, – it kind of felt like a pivotal week uh, from the program, dating all the way oh, back yeah. to Saturday um, when Kirk Herbstreet on college game day uh, excoriates the state of the program. Um, I guess you could even say it goes back to, to last week when Barry Jackson um, wrote about um, kind of like the internal strife uh, I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but basically the the idea, the the different factions within the athletic, the, within the university, some who yes. uh, care about athletics more than others, some frustration with uh, the administration and obviously the state of the football program. Um, so as you said, that, that leads to Kirk Herbstreit on Saturday. Then, then on Monday, Manny Diaz opens his weekly Zoom press conference by responding to that without uh, prompting. And then on Thursday, right before kickoff, Julio Frank, uh, I don't did he? I don't remember if he explicitly like meant like mentioned the uh, outside criticisms, but obviously puts out a statement about his role in the athletic department that is clearly in response um, to everything from the last week. And then Miami promptly uh, plays a horrible first half, gets booed off the field as they often have uh, right. in the last few weeks. Um, Makes a really valiant effort uh, to come back after scoring seven points in the first half. They scored 21 in the in the second and, you know, easily could have been 28 potentially if they handled that last drive a, a little differently. 
and then of course settle for the field goal at the end and it backfires. Um, yeah, again, I don't really know where to start that there's a lot to get to. Pretty, um, you, pretty, but, you summed it up very well. Yeah. But I would say very well. it was in a era filled with frustrating losses. This is right up there with any of them. For sure. Because it built up on everything else. Right, you know, exactly. Like the, like the, like you were talking about the FIU loss. I mean, the, if if you if everything was in a you know in a vacuum, you know everything. If everything you looked at everything by itself, but that's not the way life is. Um, the, the the FIU loss was horrible. Okay? I think that's still the worst. Uh, that's absolutely the worst. But the thing is. There are so many other worse. There are so many other bad ones after that. Right. They've compounded. If that was just a one throwaway outlier, you're like, whatever. First year coach. Like, Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, but uh, no, that's that's why. And and especially um, after the, you know, so so we know that a week ago, uh, you know, they 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 had beaten a an FCS, a lower division team, Central Connecticut State, 69 nothing. Um, you know, so, you know, we obviously know now, that, you know, we could throw that one out pretty much. I think um, we knew that. Seeing all those young kids. Yeah, seeing the young kids. But then we know that the week before that against Michigan State, they're tackling, that was a story, how bad their tackling is. Worst tackling team in the nation, according to Pro Football Focus and all that. Um, and they made a big deal about that, how they had worked on the tackling. And then this game here against Virginia, it's their opening ACC game, and they just, oh, my God, they looked horrible from the start. I mean, re- worse than horrible. Um, and um, the same same problems at the very beginning, right? At the beginning, bad very bad tackling. Um, couldn't really run the ball that much. I mean, I, they, you know, just everything, nothing went right. And then all of a sudden the second half happens uh, and yesterday and you're like, okay, they're getting back a little bit, but every time they got back, every time they got back, they, the defense let Virginia come back, you know, come right back again. Yeah. I mean, you, and don't David, don't you think that's that's kind of a pattern to say the least? Like Miami. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's a pattern. Yeah, I mean, whether it's that, like I don't know specifically. Like if you would look at uh, the numbers, if the Miami defense is like statistically worse after a touchdown. Um, last night they scored four touchdowns, and after the first three, they gave up two touchdowns and a field goal on the, on the next drive. Yeah, but, um, but, but it feels like I mean. It sums up the whole Manny Diaz era so far. It's like the shooting yourself in the foot, right? It's like what? Right? Perfect, when, yes. I mean, does any play sum it up better than um, the Marcus Clark almost pick that becomes a touchdown oh last night? God. Where oh Marcus Clark, who's kind of pressed into duty because Al Blades was out, um, Clark kind of filling into that fourth corner, uh, makes a pretty good play. It seemed like I, I hadn't like gotten a good look at the full replay because all the replays were kind of showing how the touchdown actually happened, but. Right. He did a pretty good play to come in and, uh, you know, he came from away from the play to get his hands on the ball. Probably should have been intercepted, goes through his hands, hits off his chest. It's like almost a great play. And then, of course, like rattles around and, and lands in the Virginia receiver. It's, it's and, amazing. Uh, back when he- and bounces off his arm. And um, it just kind of sums things up, right? Like, and, and that happened a lot. I mean, 
they dropped another interception in the end zone in the first half on another, you know, Cam Kinchins makes a really good play to uh, recover and make up some ground. Um, but of course, ball goes through his hands and that I think Virginia scores on a couple of plays later. Um, you know, there's, it felt like there were like 15 instances like that last night where like, it was like Miami almost did something great. Couldn't quite finish. I mean, you could even talk about the, the persistent third down issues on defense, right? Like how many times were they in third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, third and 10. And, um, almost sacked Brennan Armstrong and then he gets gets loose and scrambles for a first down. It happened a couple of times. Like right. it was like that all night. And it's been like that for really feels like three years, basically. And really even going back further than that, probably. For sure. I mean they I'm looking and they were uh um Virginia was nine of eighteen on third down conversions and Miami was five of fifteen. Uh, but yeah, I mean uh, it's everything you said is right. Totally, completely frustrating. And, and Miami, like I said before, works so hard to get their touchdowns. It never, it, it feels like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm right. I mean, I know that Cam Harris had, you know, some big runs that he broke through and stuff, but it, it just, to me, always seems then right afterwards, boom, boom, boom. You know, the yeah. deep comes out. I mean, I, everything is, it's, it's, yeah, it's the timing. It's everything compounded, like you said. And um, now they're t- that was their first ACC game, so now they're zero and one. They they have to win the rest of them um, because for, the thing is, Virginia. Uh, you know, Virginia. I think was were they zero and two? Yeah, they're in last place. ACC. I mean, yeah. Well, they were. Uh, I guess now Miami's tied for last. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, Virginia is oh three and two overall now and one and two. So they still have two losses in the ACC. And Miami, yeah. it almost feels idiotic saying that Miami still can win the. It's hilarious ACC, you know, because just the way things are and the way things are going, it doesn't seem like it's logical, right, or rational. But <laughs> the ACC is all jumbled up. And, yeah, the ATC uh, is not rational, so. No, it's not. And, I, you know, it just doesn't, like, do things just get better all of a sudden? I right. don't that's, know. that's the thing, right? I feel like we've said it after every game this year, um, pretty much, is like, you know, after the, after the Alabama game, we came on and we said, all right, like, I, I think both of us were like, kind of throw that game out. But, like, Miami's got to play better, right? Like, it's. Mm-hmm. And then they come back against Appalachian State, pull that out, and we had the same feeling. Like, that was pretty ugly, but, like, Miami's in, you know, like, you got to play well. to. If they play that way again, they're not going to win 10 games. But, like, the goal this year was still win 10 games, basically. Uh, and then they come back against, Michi- against Michigan State, and they lose there. And we're like, all right, there, there's your wiggle room. Now you have two losses. Like, you know, if they come back and win all their games and play well and win the Coastal, then like, hey, still pretty a successful season. But again, after each of those three games, except maybe the Alabama game, because I think it was so hard to take anything away from that game. Um, we, our feeling was basically like, if if they play better, then, then they can still accomplish all their goals. But there were no signs out of those early games that they were going to play better. Um, and I think you could probably say the same thing about this Virginia game tonight. Now, obviously, three losses – or last night, sorry. Uh, three losses if 
if they win out, they go nine and three, win the coastal. Um, and you're like, all right, like, like just in a vacuum, that would have been pretty close to acceptable. I think there's some people that want like 10 wins or bust. I think nine probably. Uh, no. Dense. I never thought Not, 10 wins. Everybody nine, always says that. Right. Nine in the coastal was probably your goal. Like your, right. uh, your reasonable goal, which again is still in play, but we have not seen any signs of that being a realistic goal at this point. And I guess, we, yeah. And the, the thing in Miami, God, they, they lay eggs on national TV. So, um, you know, it's a, which compounds it also, I think, you know, every, you, forget it. They don't have any so outside support. I, well, they probably do. It's, you know, I, it's just the, the people we hear from. And it's, I don't know if they have a lot of outside support at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's totally understandable. Look what they look at their performances and what people see, you know, yesterday was, you know, the national televised game. Um, so it, it just, everything adds to it. Everything, the perception, the outside perception, everything adds to the pressure on Manny Diaz um, and whether he'll survive this season. Um, I, I mean, I don't, we'll see what happens. I, it's it probably unless something happens. Well, it's like what we keep saying, right? If they turn it around here and go nine and three and win the coastal, yeah, he's going to be the coach again next year. Yeah, right? yeah. I, but if they, I, if they continue to play the way they played last night, they're going to go six and six. What? And yeah, no, I yeah, I I agree with that. And but I don't, I'm not sure right now. A lot of times, I'm not sure right now. Uh, he's actually going to get fired right now. I don't. In the middle of the season. Yeah. I, I think, if, I think at the end of the, at halftime, yes, or at the end of the first quarter yesterday, we looked at each other and we're like, oh, this might be it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, t- so I'm, it's, it's an open week. Um, yeah, this so Susan is flying I'm out to, uh, should we say where you're going? Yeah. To Oregon. Uh, I'm going to Oregon. <laughs> Flying out to Oregon. That's right. To visit my daughter. She happens to live in Oregon. Guess who else is in Oregon? But <laughs> but um, yeah, I decided to take, you know, this week off because they're open, no availability. And wow, you know, was was hoping it would be a nice, impressive game for Miami. And I could go out there not worrying, but, you know. Miami didn't make it easy. So um, anyway, and they're going to have now two weeks. They have more than two weeks for the uh, the negativity to keep building on itself. And again, understandable negativity. Um, and I think, David, if they play North Carolina next at Chapel Hill, and we know what happened last year, um, against North Carolina, 62-26. Yep. North Carolina rushed for 500 as – Yeah, most yards ever against Miami, right? 554 yards, most rushing yards ever against. 554 rushing against Miami. And that was the last regular season game last year. And it was in December. It was mid-December um, because of the coronavirus stuff. And, I don't know, games canceled and switched around. So that North Carolina – I, seriously, that game that that could be the game, that could be the dagger, um, or it could be 
the opposite, but it's just hard. It's now it's hard to even the hope word. It's just difficult. Yeah. I mean, again, that's the thing. It's like the, the goals are not out the window. And obviously that's what Manny Diaz and Zach McLeod and all these players were saying after the game last night, but um, you know, you, they're, they're just not good enough, right? They're right now. They're not playing well enough to think that anything more than six wins in a bowl game trip to Shreveport, Louisiana, or whatever is. Uh, oh, please is no! <laughs> yeah, I'm. Man, a bowl game, bowl now. Woo! And obviously, uh, uh, as we mentioned up at the top, it was Tyler Van Dyke's first start. Like we, you know, we know Derek King is. Uh, still probably going to be out for a little while with a shoulder injury. And um, we, we found out uh, oh, yeah. the game yesterday that Jake Garcia is out and then found out he's out until probably November with a, with an ankle injury. Um, oh my so God. Tyler Van Dyke, like they had to roll, you know, if Ty, if Jake Garcia is on the sidelines there and, and Tyler Van Dyke starts the way he did on Saturday or sorry, Thursday, he probably doesn't get the chance to lead that comeback, that, that comeback that fell just short. Like now, now they're, yeah, and I, I, I think Tyler Van Dyke looked pretty good uh, once he kind of got settled in in the second half. Uh-huh. Um, I think Tyler Van Dyke is clearly a starting caliber Division One quarterback. Um, but uh, you know, you you don't have a lot of backup plans there, right? You don't have, if, if no. I mean, level, that's really the backup plan, which that was a, a nice position that Miami was in at the start of the year, right? Where Derek King was your yes. starter, who obviously like. I think Miami, there were definitely a faction of Miami fans that were frustrated with Derek King. And coming out of last night, you should never take Derek King for granted again because uh, Miami does not lose that game if he's in there at quarterback, I don't think. Um, oh, t- 100%. But then – And, I, not, you know, not, not to take anything away from Tyler Van Dyke, who, as I said, is it still a, it looks like a starting caliber Division One quarterback. But, like, you know, it – it the feels like everything been... felt good about this team from the start of the year, either because of injuries to De'Aaron King or, or even the offensive line um, oh. is like there's everything that there was to feel good about at the start of the year is not a positive anymore. And, and everything you felt bad about at the start of the year uh, is still a, a pretty big negative. The only thing I think that, that is a real positive coming out of last night is like some of these freshmen are look, clearly look pretty good. But again, like that was the, the last card Manny had to pull, right? Like that was yep. after everything was going wrong with, with the vets struggling, his card he could play was like, all right, we got to play these freshmen. Maybe they'll make a difference. And like they all have moments, right? I, I mentioned Cam Kinchin making a good pass break up in the end zone. Um, obviously, James Williams has uh, really flashed uh, over the last three-plus weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um Leonard Taylor had a couple incredible plays last night. Um, Brashard Smith was was pretty exciting last night. The couple of times he got the ball in his hands. Um, Romello Brinson was out there a lot and dropped a huge pass on third down though. Like, yeah, these freshmen are all flashing, but like they're they're not the answer right now. They're they're hopefully Miami for Miami. They're the answer in the future, but like that was the last card Manny had to pull, and it didn't work either. So uh, now I don't know what you do. You know, the, what you said about Jake Garcia is true. I mean, about the quarterback situation, um, you know, De'Ara King was out there on the field warming up and he was very lightly kind of tossing the ball. You knew, you, you knew, not, not just because he was wearing sweatpants and, you know, dressed differently. 
that he couldn't go. And we had heard that anyway. I did. I hadn't heard. No one had heard that Jake was hurt. And, um, you know, to, which which happened in the last game. Yeah, which, they didn't realize it. I guess they said whatever it was, his ankle swelled up that night. It might have been that 45. I'm not I'm not being funny. Everybody was laughing. But it could have been the 45 been, yeah. run um that Jake had, that great run that he talked about wearing the brace and all that. Um yeah, I mean that's that's really scary because it, it when 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 Manny Diaz says that he's out definitely through October, maybe through November, maybe excuse me, into November, and then Manny says after that, uh we're hoping we'll get him back by the end of the regular season all of a sudden, right? Now that's at the end of November. Yeah. And, and you, and Tyler, and, and who knows about Derek? I think, the, you know, we've heard that Derek's shoulder injury was substantial, whatever it is. I, he was tossing the ball around. Yeah. But, I mean, we are going into a bye week where they have 16 days between games. So like, true, uh, this true. is a, an opportunity where he could get uh, healthy. But, but right, yeah. but I, I, he could, but I, I have a feeling he has something wrong with his shoulder. Like, obviously, has something wrong, but it's more than just like a deep bruise or a. I think that I don't know. Um, I don't know because it's his throwing shoulder. Right. You, you get hit once. You get this offensive line. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I mean, Tyler Van Dyke was sacked four times. Uh, you know, De'Ara King you know, between the knee, rehab knee and whatever, you know, he tries to escape and he gets slammed to the ground. It takes one time. So I, I, and Tyler has basically there, you know, Peyton Matoka is a scholarship quarterback, but he's, he's not the future. Um, they, they, they're at, I mean, after Jake, you know, they, like they came into the season with Jake and Tyler being really like, we thought, oh, they're really deep, you know, at quarterback. They've got nothing to worry about at quarterback. And all of a sudden, they do have to worry about quarterback. So, yes, nothing's gone right. Yes, the offensive line has not been impressive, to say the least. And, um, yeah, North Carolina is a must. Do you, by any chance, want to go over the end of the game? Because they're – I mean, the, your thought of them <clears> – <throat> Oh, yeah, just the idea of them settling for the field goal rather than going for the touchdown at the end there. Yeah, on the, you know, right. Uh, there were some timeouts called. Uh, UVA took 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 a couple timeouts. Um, yeah. Okay. And so I, I don't think this is a, you know, I have what I would do, and um, I think it's probably pretty split on what most play coaches and people and fans would say what the smart decision is there. Um, I as a rule of thumb, never trust college kickers. Um, and especially, you know, Andres Borgales is like good. Like he is a good college kicker already. He's 18 years old. He's going to be a Groza contender potentially at some point in his career, just like his older brother was, but he's right. an 18 year old kicker and has missed a 27 yard field goal earlier this year. Um, yep. I know, you know, I, I know a lot of people probably in hindsight are like, why were they, why'd they settle for the field goal? But then kind of, you went and looked at their tweets. They were like, all right, we're settling for the field goal. That's good. Um, but to me, you know, get down to the, the 14 with a minute and a half plus left. Um, you run it twice, which I, I was totally fine with to make Virginia burn their last two timeouts. Um, so now you've got uh, third and 10, 10 from the from 14. The 14. 
yep. with 45 seconds left and you have all three, all two, you have both your timeouts left, two of your timeouts, right. all three kind of, because they called one right there. Um, right. No, to me, I, I run it down to 45 there. And then I, I think you got to keep moving, right? Like I like, yes. I was fine with the two run calls there because you had been running it right down Virginia's throat. Um, and you need, you need to make them burn their last two timeouts there. But what about the conservative runs, you know, or whatever? Would you have done something different? Or uh, I don't know. You got to keep it up the middle because you don't want to go out of bounds. I think, okay. Really. But, like, I don't know. Maybe you can be a little more creative. But, like, uh, to me, the important thing there is just run up, make a run play, right? Like, you know, if you block, if you block a run play, you're going to get yards on it. That's, like, typically how it works. So, like, they, they didn't block it there was the bigger thing. Um yeah, what else? And then on third and ten, I, I think you gotta you gotta do, you gotta take a shot at the end zone basically, or you know you got two timeouts left. You throw a run a rollout, and if nothing's open, Tyler throws it away, uh, which is not a hard thing to do. Um, no. And if not, you complete a pass, and maybe you get a little bit closer, or maybe you pick up a first down. You have two timeouts left. You can call one and then run a couple of shots at the end zone. And then if that doesn't work, then you kick the field goal. So to me, like, I don't know what the math would have said his odds were to make that 33 yard field goal. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say it's 75%, something like that. Um, to me, like that's pretty good. But like, if you score a touchdown there, your odds jump up probably to over 80 and obviously like, you're going to – like, it kind of makes your – in the way Miami set it up, like, their best-case scenario was they have a 75% chance to win the way – to me, like, I, I want to make that my worst-case scenario. I want, I want to that, – that, that should be the backup plan is to go with a, a kicker. It's college football. Like, it's – how many times have we seen kickers miss easy kicks? Like, if every weekend it happens with good teams, with good kickers. Yeah, I, I mean – Well, I like, think yeah, – Obviously, Andres Borgales knows he's going to make that kick, like – Right, weird I, kick, but like I don't know, like it just was another decision I disagreed with. I um, it was interesting about that whole scenario. Listening to uh, listening to Tyler Red Dyke after the game, you know, when he was asked, you know, did he want to go for the win? Kind of like you know, did he want to throw you know, kind of you know, throw the ball like you were saying on third down, throw the ball. Uh, you know, was the team fighting for, hey, let's try to get in the end zone kind of thing. And he said, he said, yeah, we're trying to score by running the ball. This was telling right here, but we didn't want to jeopardize an incomplete pass or interception and stop the clock or whatever. Uh, I don't think like an incomplete pass to me is not the end of the world in that scenario. Let's but say, he, let's but he said interception. He said the word. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I mean, that's obviously yeah. the risk there. To me, yeah. an incomplete pass is not the end of the world scenario. And I think you can basically avoid an interception. Like, you know, if nothing is open, just throw it out of bounds. Like, don't force well, anything. Um, but to me, an incompletion, like, yeah. you run a play with 45 seconds left, that gets it to like 39, 40, basically. Then you yeah. kick, the, kick the field goal, that gets it down to 37. If you can't stop them, like uh, I don't know like well here's the thing here's the thing your scenario works in hindsight because if he doesn't throw the pick of course because because um because Van Dyke 
<clears throat> excuse me, that, that third down, third and 10 from the 14, they centered the ball, right? So he rushed, he lost two yards yeah. for, for Andy. Um, but, uh, you know, they could have, um, before that, you know, if they would have <clears throat> thrown it, they still would have been, but it would have been at an angle. They would have been. Yeah, there. to me, like the set, losing two yards to center is probably worth, like they're doing what Andy Borregales wants there, basically. Like to me, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that uh, seems like an easier kick. In college football, where the hashes are really wide, like losing two yards to center it is a worthwhile trade off, I think. Right. But I don't have a problem with that. But. All I know is it's going to be. Hopefully, it's a good week for me in Portland, and um, <laughs> and uh, not too bad a week for the Canes. But I, I'm not. Yeah, we're we're not going to. We we have no access really. Not much access um, given by UM for this week. So who knows what's happened in the background? We'll we'll be we'll be snooping around and trying to find out. Um, and. Yeah, hopefully this next podcast will be a little more positive from North Carolina. We're both heading to North Carolina, right? Yeah. So. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, let's let's wrap up by just talking about uh, I've mentioned it all at the top, but basically just everything else that has happened uh, around the program in the last uh, week or whatever. Um, obviously, I mentioned um, it started last week, right? Was that when Barry's story came out last week? I guess must have been. I tried to sum it up at the top, but I don't know if I did a good job. How would you kind of sum up the, the big message from that, that story? The big from, in there? From starting with... With Barry's from, story he wrote last week that kind of triggered uh, the response from Kirk Herbstreit, Manny Diaz, and ultimately Julio Frank. Oh, yeah. It was, he talked to people off the record, you know, um, I think former player and a, maybe a board of trustee member. Um, and, you know, people inside the program who just, uh, you know, have lost, you know, lost, lost faith and uh, in, in UM and, you know, Blake James um, uh, hasn't been, a, it feels like hasn't been a strong, Blake James hasn't, hasn't come out and, and said anything um, because I think He's, un- he's definitely under fire also. Um, and, uh, and that Julio Frank uh, is not, you know, the president of the university, uh, you know, people isn't really that involved with athletics. Um, so, you know, which, which in turn got Kirk Herbstreet to say that they, that, uh, Blake James and Manny Diaz and President Frank are not aligned in their goals and their visions for the program. And if that, if that's the case, Herb Street basically said, then um, 
there's no there's no hope kind of that it, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna happen anyway that they don't basically it sounds like they don't they don't care um but uh i i think there's mix I, there's some trustees um you know who would like to get rid of manny diaz for sure and now probably more for yeah. sure then um but at that point at, at least at that point last week there wasn't an urgent need they thought to get rid of him right away it's very early in the season um and that some people this is all barry story some people uh you know that blake james does have some support um by president you know frank but not by everybody and um and that's it. It's it's been very quiet. It's been so weird. We've tried to get Blake James, um, and you know maybe again I'm I'm heading off on vacation, but may, we have tried to get Blake James, and I just I kind of feel that maybe a statement's coming out, and like my my thought was after you know if Blake hasn't talked to anybody, maybe he'll put out one of those you know one of those yeah. statements like like President Frank, but not like that one more succinct than just talks about the football program and his confidence or whatever. I, I, I kind of felt a, a statement coming and I still kind of do from Blake. Yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise if something comes Saying up. that we, we, you know, we we're very disappointed. Um, this isn't what our expectations and I don't know, some way couching it, but the real, the real, the thing is that he's in trouble too. You know, he's under a lot of heat. So it's very interesting, the whole uh, fact, the whole scenario here um, to see to see what he'll do. I, I know the fans are totally disgusted. And. Um, yeah, that's it. And I think they might have and money. You know, everything always comes down to money. Yeah. Somehow they, I think they can they can figure it out. Yeah. So, they, they, I'll say Manny Diaz's buyout for a power five coach based on what's been reported is not like as bad as it could be. Yeah. Right. Like he was a first time college. Co- like the, the, the money you spent there was to get him away from temple. Once he had him, like, you know, he was a first time college head coach. Like who's oh, probably. Man. Like, Did, yeah. I definitely, do you see that there was a tweet by, I guess, temple, not temple university, but somebody from temple. So, showing Manny holding up the number one jersey at Temple when he was named Temple coach well, before he left there after a few days or however long it yeah. was to go to uh, to go to UM. And it said something like karma. Yeah. yeah. Although I'll say it has not worked out for Temple exactly either. It, was, it hasn't yeah. worked out for anyone. Temple lost 61-14 to Rutgers earlier this year. Like it's, it's not going well up in Philadelphia either. Um Oh my god! What, what do you think of? I mean, the Kirk Herbstreit thing on on Saturday. I wasn't at that game because I was out in um, in Vegas covering the Dolphins. Um, but I, I texted you. I think when I saw that come across my Twitter, like, just what, what did you think when you saw that happen on College Game Day? Um, it was it was kind of uh, it was. I thought, wow. Yeah. It clearly has been like a turning point in like the. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I think, um, I, I think Kirk Herbstreet to me 
has always been um, kind of a kind of a, a, a Miami supporter. I, mean, I think so. He's always really for years kind of been a fan. A fan, you know what I he mean. He likes but, when they're good, right? He knows that yeah. they should be. But he's not a he's not a basher. No, he's definitely not. He played for Ohio yeah. State, so I know people like don't like him because of that. But like, yeah, uh, he's a. Uh, I like him. Well, I'm saying Miami fans, but yeah, I'm saying. Uh, and Desmond well, Howard too, who who said they look yeah, well, like Desmond Howard lives in Miami, right? Yeah, and he said that they look like they're not trying and stuff. I don't. They definitely look like they're trying to me. That's the yeah. thing. I they definitely do, um, but um, you know, but Herb Street kept talking about the mediocrity and it's true. You know, he went back to the Larry Coker era and, you know, said Miami's average seven and five since 2006. And that, that was Larry Coker's last season um, before he was fired. And um, yeah. And, and, but some of what Herb Street said about that, they have to stu- about the student body having to drive 45 minutes to go to their games. I mean, I, I kind of agree with Manny on that. What do you, you know what? UM's at least I don't know. And it I, sucks, I, but what are you gonna do? They're not gonna get a stadium. Right. Okay? It sucks, but what are you gonna do? It sucks. Yeah, it sucks, but it, the thing is yeah, it's not like the orange bowl was down the street from campus either. Exactly. Exactly. And hard it's true. And hard rock stadium. I mean, it's a pretty nice stadium. It's yeah. Not- I mean, it's always going to hamstring you to a degree. Like, you cannot compete in the stadium game with SEC schools, basically. But, like, that that's not, like, that's not an excuse to keep losing co- ACC Coastal games, right? Like, your competition right now, is, as we've said, as I've said at least a lot of times in this podcast, like, the problem with Miami is not that they're way worse than SEC teams. Like, they're not even in that conversation yet. The problem is that they're worse than all the Coastal teams that won the Coastal once. Yeah. Yeah, they can coast. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I anyway. I so you, the Herb Street thing. I, I some of it was true. He he changed the meaning a little bit of Barry's article, and yeah. he added some stuff yeah, that I thought yeah. wasn't really. Uh, it didn't really matter that much to me. I mean, that's an age old thing about the stadium. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's not keeping Miami from being good. Um. And uh, and Eddie talked about the, I guess, the facilities. But, um, you know, Miami is getting bad. They're never going to be Alabama or the major money programs with facilities. Right. But they've done, they, they have done a lot, David. They, and they, oh, yeah. Facilities. I mean, even since I, was, I think the IPF was getting built when I moved down here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. The IPF. And, and, and the fact they didn't have that before was like insane. Yeah, no, that's amazing, actually. But they're, you know, they're they're doing things, and I, I, I don't know if that's enough to keep keep good players out. Uh, I think I think it comes down to how they play. I, I think it comes down to the kids they recruit, and you know, and and coach, and uh, the the teaching of these of these athletes by coaches and. Um, yeah, there are really good athletes here. Maybe it's the valuation of talent, um, but it does come down. Manny Diaz is right. It does come down to people and how they play. How they play. So yeah. people uh, and how they play and how they coach, right? Like you said, like yes. As, as we've yeah. said a lot of times, the fact that these upperclassmen, this 2018 class that are seniors now, and 
was a top 10 class recruiting class. I think the fact yeah, that, like, oh God, yeah. The fact that yeah. none of those guys are like, like, I just was looking at Mel Kuyper did his latest, uh, like, uh, big board with his top 10 in every position and Miami doesn't have a player in any position and like you know coming out of high school Mark Pope is a top 10 wide receiver um, Al Blades was a top 10 cornerback Nesta Silvero was a top 10 defensive tackle um, right so obviously Greg Rousseau was part of that class um, so there you go you got one but like right for whatever reason as has been written a lot this year that senior class just is, is not delivered and um you know, it's great they have a good recruiting class of these freshmen, but if they turn out the same way the 18 class did, and, and you know, there could be different, maybe some of it, maybe some of those guys were never, you know, were unsalvageable. You know, there's misses every year in the recruiting rankings. How, you know, there, there's guys who are ranked highly who don't pan out at every single school. And sometimes it's because they're not coached well. And sometimes it's just because maybe the recruiting services or the scouts, you know, mis-evaluated them. So like, you don't want to put it all on coaching, but like there's a pattern with that upper, with that senior class that has not panned out. And um, that, that really fuels basically all the problems I think with this current team is that the, the vets. Um, yeah. Bottom line. Right? Playing well. then, like I said, they turn to the freshmen and like, they look good, but like Romello Brinson dropped a huge pass. Cam Kitchen dropped a touchdown. Uh, James Williams. Um, I, I'd have to look at the, the video again, but sure seemed like he was out of position on that long. Virginia touched in like 25 yard yes. touchdown run. Um, yeah, he, he missed a tackle, yeah, right? Yeah, Leonard Taylor missed a tackle on a, on a long run. Like th- those guys clearly look good, but like they're freshmen. They're going to make mistakes. And the fact that this, they're not supposed to be on the field. If, if everything went well, you'd be having this great senior class and you'd be contending for a college football playoff in the ACC. And right now they're just not there because of that. Yeah, that's the bottom line, David. If they, if they were winning, uh, we wouldn't be. Right, yeah, yeah. On a podcast like this. But I'll say, the as I said, the, the Kirk Herbstreit thing felt like a turning point because, you know, Kirk Herbstreit was not saying a lot new there, right? Like, it's stuff – well, obviously, a lot of it was based on various reporting. Um, right. A lot of it is things you could – we get tweeted at us <laughs> every week from my frustrated Miami fans. Um, but it's a lot easier for the university to ignore complaints from fans when, when people are showing up and buying merch. It's a lot. It's a lot easier for them to ignore reports from the local media when you know we're getting a couple dozen thousand people reading our stories um, than it is to ignore a Kirk Herbstreit rant that goes viral and you know hundreds of thousands of people are watching it on Saturday and then literally probably more than a million people like saw it on social media because it went viral like it just becomes impossible for them to ignore once. And then watch, and then, and then watch the game. Right. And then they watch the game. Thursday night. The, I, I, usually it's the only game. I mean, there might be an NFL game, but in college, usually that's the only game, right? Thursday. Well, there night. was an NFL game, but yeah, I mean, clearly a lot yeah. of people are watching. It was a Jags game. Like a lot yeah. of people are watching Miami. On, but what on I'm saying game. is the college fans watch the Thursday night game. Okay. And that's boom right there. That just uh, and I obviously I we weren't watching we were watching the game. We look up every now and then, and, and I don't even know if they replayed the Herb Street thing. Probably not. But um, yeah, that was all the proof you needed. That game. Yep, and I think that's about as good a place to wrap up as any. Um, unless you have any final thoughts uh, as we head into this bye week. Um. 
my final thoughts. I feel like we're going to finish recording and be like, oh, we definitely forgot to talk about something because it was one of those weeks. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think everyone gets the situation by now, right? Like when we're not exactly treading new ground on this podcast either. But um, yeah, I, well, I mean, my final thoughts are, I hope Miami gets healed <laughs> and has a better showing against North Carolina. Um but it's hard to be positive right now. That's my final thoughts. Yeah, they've not, they're, like that, that's a good way to put it. They're, there are not a lot of reasons to be positive about this season. There's always reasons to be positive, to, you know, but there's- Well, there's, not yet. Not season, yet, and it's no hard to keep- to be positive. Yeah, it's, and it's hard to keep writing things like, well, at least they have the ACC, uh, ACC games now coming up. Yeah, it's the. Uh, what the, do we say uh, now? At least, they have, at least they have the North Carolina team that ran for 500 and something yards on them. Yeah, maybe they can get revenge next uh, next Saturday. Yeah, but that um, sounds kind of shallow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, she is heading out to Oregon to um, spend some time with not Mario Cristobal, but with my family, with my like daughter and her family. Yeah. Not, not Mario. Uh, let's hope not Mario. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. Um, yeah, that's about it. All right. Let's finish there. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Um, and we will talk to you guys next week.